Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. I, I want to, uh, to talk really about our words today because this is what we're talking about throughout Declare is that we're declaring God's word through our words. So I want to be very clear that the Bible is clear that our words matter. Our words are important. Our words have the ability to influence people for the good and for the bad. So as we choose to speak God's words through our words, not our own words, not our own will, not not what we think is the best thing to do, but as we speak God's words through our words and we focus speaking on what God's speaking, then I believe that we will bring life and hope to situations around us. Ushers, you can come forward at this time. You can just start right at the first pew and you work your way back. In this booklet that you're going to be uh, given, it gives just a good introduction of what uh, Declare 2018 is. Then it gives uh, just a brief overview of the fasting that we've been talking about. And then also what each of the sections are that are going to take up this week. So there'll be Bible reading, uh, prayer time, our teaching sessions, and our worship time. Uh, In here is also the weekly schedule that we've had out for several uh, weeks already in our bulletin, but it's going to explain where, what we're going to be doing from 6.30 in the morning until 9.30 at night. You are welcome to come as much as you are able to come, no matter what's going on, whether it's uh, prayer time, there might be somebody leading in prayer over a microphone, uh, or you can enjoy, uh, I think we're, we're going to have, I think it's something like uh, nine different prayer stations, and that map is in here as well. So there'll be different opportunities to engage with God in prayer uh, I think if you spent maybe 10 or 12 minutes in there, you'd be able to stay engaged for about an hour and a half with God in prayer. So if you struggle with actually staying engaged in prayer uh, for more than a few minutes, these prayer stations will be a great toll to you. Also in this booklet is a day-by-day guide that starts you off with a name or an attribute of God. So today is God is Jehovah, the I am who I am. And then it goes, uh, there's, some section, there's a section in there with lines in it that you can take for sermon notes, for the daily teaching notes. And then at the bottom of the page are daily verses. These verses are key verses that will either be in Sunday sermon or the daily teaching. So Monday through Friday for the next three weeks, there'll be a teaching at noon. And that same teaching will happen at seven o'clock. These verses at the bottom are the key verses from those lessons. The noon, uh, lesson will, or the noon session will be uh, live streamed and then archived. So if you can't make it uh, that day and you want to receive that teaching, you want to take notes on it, uh, we would encourage you to watch that. It'll be on our website right after, maybe a few hours after noon. And then those verses at the end of the day, you can spend time meditating on them and, uh, and asking the Lord to really uh, to cleanse our mouth. This is what we're believing for, is that God's going to get rid of patterns in our lives of criticism. Uh, complaining, negativity, gossip, and replace it with his word. So we want to be in God's word every day during these 21 days. If you're not fasting all 21 days, which that's not an expectation, the church leadership is simply leading the way. If you're taking three days or one meal a day for five days, however you're doing it within these 21 days, press in, read more than you would normally read, pray more than you would normally pray. If you're getting hungry and you're, you're coming home and you would normally just like, you know, sit at home and eat, come into the church, listen to God's word being read, spend time in worship or prayer, depending upon what's going on, but make it, make it intentional to press into him more than you would uh, throughout the year. We're going to believe this is going to change the course of what God wants to do in our lives. 
The main verse that I want to talk about today is the main verse that we're focusing on over these 21 days. It's Proverbs 18, 21. It says this, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I grew up hearing this statement, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will? Yeah, we've heard it over and over and over again. The only problem is, is it's a big fat lie. We tell our kids to say this, oh, the words don't hurt, words don't hurt. No, yes, they do. The Bible's very clear that the tongue has power of life and death. So words can build up, words can edify, words can strengthen, and words can break people down. And words can hurt, and words can cause wounds in our heart, in our soul that can last for years. And then we treat other people out of anger, impatience, all these things, and we don't realize that there were words that have pierced our soul years ago that had a negative effect on us. So it says in here that the tongue has the power. How does a tongue have power? This verse is talking about the words that come rolling off of our tongue, right? So the words that we speak, they have power to bring life to a situation, and they have power to bring death to a situation. Now look at those two things that the Bible says. Our words can bring life and encouragement and strength or death, discouragement, division. Now look at the job description we've talked about between the thief, the devil, and God. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come, Jesus says that I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. And now in Proverbs, it's saying, your words can actually represent the one who comes to steal and kill and destroy or the one who came to give life and life more abundantly. Now, those of us who are born again, that means you're a Christian, you're following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So you were designed to partner with the one who gives life. But unfortunately, these wounds in our heart and our soul can lead us to actually speaking death to the ones who oftentimes are closest to us. I want you to understand this. Your words create realities. You might think, well, that's only God that can do that. I understand that, but he's given us authority with our words. Your words actually create reality in people's lives. Medical researchers have discovered that when we speak or hear positive words, Our functions of our brain are strengthened in the frontal lobes. These are the areas that activate the part of the brain responsible for understanding the big picture of life, for understanding aspects such as respect, active listening, empathy, and problem solving. This is aside from the spiritual. This is how God actually designed our brains. Medical researchers are saying, when positive words are spoken to you, or you can hear them when you're speaking themselves, the frontal lobes of your brain are actually activated that increase your ability to have empathy in situations to solve problems and to see the big picture of life. Now, on the other side, when negative words are either spoken or heard, there is less production of stress management chemicals in our brain. And it actually increases the activity of our fear center in our brain, which causes fear-producing hormones to flood our system. Now, this is how God created our body. And our words actually create realities. See, a lot of times it's easy to think about something in the natural that we can see, right? Like a weapon hurting somebody or somebody hitting somebody. But what we need to realize is when you speak a word to somebody... It creates a thought in their brain, which creates a chemical reaction, 
which then creates an emotional response. If that happens over and over and over again, it actually produces thought processes in your head that produce behavior, that produce belief systems. So the thoughts that we are, the, the, the words that we are speaking to people, if we're bringing life with our words and encouragement, think about a, a parent that might tell their child over and over again, you were created to change the world. You have the same Holy Spirit in you that Jesus has in you. You can solve the problem. You're smart enough. You're good enough. You can do this. There are thoughts that are entering this child's brain, which are setting off chemical reactions, which are then creating emotional responses, which then lead to behaviors until that child comes into agreement with the words that are being said, and it becomes their reality. I am good enough with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is what I need inside of me. And they begin to believe it, and then they live this out. It becomes their reality. But then another parent that says, I'm not sugarcoating life. Listen, in our family, boy, we've been poor for generations, so don't expect to have enough. And nobody in our family's ever gone to college, so don't you expect to do it either. And I wasn't an athlete, so don't you go going out for those teams. If that child does not renounce those words off their life, and understand that, that the Holy Spirit can cleanse him of those negative effects. That child will grow up poor, with no aspirations, not involved in anything extra. Because that father's words have created the reality in that person's life. Now the fact that we need to realize also is that words that we speak over ourselves create realities in our own life. The pastors and the teachers and some of the church leadership took part in a weight loss challenge over these past couple, maybe eight weeks or so on. And the same thing, the same challenge that kept coming up and kept coming up was exhaustion. So everybody was posting on this private Facebook, we're just too tired, we're not getting enough sleep and so on. So think about that. You wake up in the morning and you tell yourself or you think to yourself, I'm exhausted today. I'm tired again. Then you start telling other people, I'm always tired. I never get enough sleep. And then you start saying, I can't get my work done at my job. I can't get my work done at the house. And you start speaking these things and speaking these things. Guess what happens? Electrical or chemical responses go off and they create patterns of thought until you actually validate why you should be exhausted and not get your work done. Your words actually create realities. That's why it's so important that we're in his word, that we're worshiping him focusing on him these very first 21 days this year to set our words right, to know that our tongue has the power of life and death. This is it. Listen, there's a saying that you become like who you are spent, spend close, that you will become like who you spend time with. So this is what we want to do. We want to spend time with Jesus. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more we become like him. Now, this is a really cool reality. In John chapter 12, Jesus says this, I did not speak on my own. You'd think the father would like trust him to speak. Like, go ahead, Jesus, you got this covered. But Jesus says he chooses not to speak on his own, but the father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I don't picture Jesus's conversations being awkward. I don't believe like he was talking to somebody and he was like, wait, hold on. Then he had to hear from the Lord and then he gave the response. Then he had to hear from the Lord and gave a response. No, I believe his conversations were quite fluid. What happened is this. Jesus got alone with the Father. And Jesus got the heart of the Father. And Jesus knew what situations he's going to be running into in the day. Or if something else came his way that maybe the Lord didn't show him. He was so full of the Father that he gave the Father's response. Every single time out of his mouth was the Father's response for this. 
So this is what we want to aspire to do. That we want to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that when that anger, that frustration, and that, that, that impulse rises up inside of us, that we can say, my words are going to be life or death to this situation right now. So we're going to push that down, surrender that to the Holy Spirit, or we're going to keep spouting off as we have in the past. The second half of that verse, Proverbs 18, 21, says that those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it actually means those who love to use their words in an excessive way. So those people who just want to talk and talk and talk, the guarantee here is, is that, we, that they will eat its fruit, meaning they will pay the price for their excessive talking. They will be faced with consequences for what they say. That's, the, that's like the harsh reality is our words do have negative consequences too. There's gonna be a price to be paid when we use careless words on people that we love. Either the people that we are speaking to are gonna pay the price or us ourselves when we speak negatively over our own words, we can pay the price also. I love the imagery that the Message Bible, it's not a direct word for word translation. I just like the imagery that's shared here in Proverbs 18, 21. It says this, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. So picture this. Picture, because again, this is, this is happening in a realm that we can't see. So like, it, it would be like, you know, you're not shaking somebody when you're angry with them. You're saying angry words. So it'd be like this. Picture when you're speaking over these next 21 days, that when you're having conversations, that there's no careless words. There's no idle words. There's no words that aren't on one side or the other. You choose whether they're going to be fruit or poison. So picture when you're speaking positive words, when you're encouraging people, that it's like fruit coming off of your lips. And you have the opportunity to deliver that fruit right into the soul of that person. Now, when anger gets the best of us or frustration and we say something negative or we criticize or we gossip and we talk about somebody else about a problem that we can't help solve, picture you actually taking a vial of cyanide and dripping it onto their soul. Because we would go to prison for that in the natural realm. I was only three drops of poison, officer. No, no, you're going to jail for that. Like, this is not an easy message for me to listen to and to prepare either. Our words are going to give life or they're going to kill. They're either fruit or they're poison. We get to choose. And we will choose life and life and life the more we are filled up with this. We can't do this on our own. I'm not asking you to think happy thoughts. This is not self-help. Please do not misinterpret my message. I'm not saying, let's just go out and be the happiest, positive, most positive people. No, we need this and we need him to fill us up. It's not gonna be possible. We're trying to speak God's word through our words, not our happy, you look nice today. Listen, flattery is a sin. So you're not just, you're not just saying nice things to make somebody feel happy when it's not in you to say. Does that make sense? We're catching what God's heart is for somebody when they can't see it themselves and we're speaking that into their lives. So this is gonna be times when you're not all pumped up and you're not all happy and you're still asking God, what is your heart for this person? There's another proverb that brings both of these things up here. Melody, you can make your way up at this time. In Proverbs 15, four, it says this, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue 
crushes the spirit. So what we want to do with our tongue is actually plant seeds with our words, right? So when we're talking at somebody and they're receiving this into their ears and it's causing something to happen in their brains with thoughts, and it eventually will take root in their soul. They're going to come into agreement eventually with what we're saying. We want these to be seeds that will eventually become trees of life. But what we also have to understand is this. There's another side to this. It says that a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So there's an aspect of our words that can actually crush the human spirit. And this just isn't about like other people. This isn't just about what we're saying to other people. These are words that have been said to you as an individual. And these are words that you've spoken over uh, your own life as well. So even before we move any further with, into declare, as we focus on speaking words that are life-giving, we first have to deal with words that could have affected us as well. So what we wanna do for the remainder of this service is we wanna redeem things that have been spoken over you by other people or that the devil has tricked you into speaking over yourself. Because the Bible says in Luke, 4, Luke 6, 45, in the second half of the verse, it says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, okay? So let's say you know in a certain situation, maybe it's in your home, maybe it's in your workplace, maybe it's with your mother, maybe it's with your father-in-law, maybe it's with somebody that you know you're just too critical sometimes or you know you just complain about stuff, or maybe you're just casting judgment all the time. You're looking at, you find things wrong with everything that you look at. I want you to realize that you can fill yourself up as much as you can try to with God's word over these next 21 days. But if your soul or your spirit is wounded because of things that have been said to you, either by other people or by yourself, you will still have that wound in 21 days. There's an opportunity to realize this is not my identity. This has been put on as a label before me. And because of that, it's out of that overflow that you'll continue to speak. So what we want to do before we move any further with Declare is we want to get our hearts right so we can begin to fill up our hearts to overflowing so that out of that new overflow, our mouth will speak. You know, some of you may have forgiven people that have hurt you in the past. I'm not trying to bring those things back up again. But what, I, what we're gonna do is we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things that we've spoken about ourselves that have been spoken over us. Things that passing, even high schoolers. You know, people say, oh, you're dumb, that's dumb. But that label's put on you. Maybe when you were younger 30, 40 years ago, you're just a loser. You'll never make it. Oh, that's stupid. Everything you say is stupid. Oh, you know what? You say it to yourself. Maybe at times, ladies, this is probably more prone than anything. I'm so ugly. I'm, I'm just ugly. My hair's not straight enough. My hair's not curly enough, whatever it is. People over and over again, over and over again, I'm just exhausted. What happens if we're not careful is we start wearing these labels around unintentionally and these things come into agreement in our mind until they start to produce patterns and now I start acting like I'm ugly. I start acting like I'm stupid. I start acting like I'm dumb. I start acting like I'm exhausted. And those words that have come into our ears and have pierced our hearts actually will become a reality if we don't deal with them. If we don't offer forgiveness, if we don't repent of it ourselves and turn back to the cross. Galatians 3.13 says this. 
Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. I want you to follow this. We could not fulfill the law. So because of that, we deserve the curse. Because of that, we deserve to be called every name in the book because of our rebellion against God. But the Bible says that Jesus came up on this cross and when he was on this cross, he became our curse. He became cursed so we could become blessed. I just want us to stand as we declare who we are in Christ. I want you to understand that on that cross represents what Jesus took upon himself. So Jesus took upon himself ugly. And Jesus took upon himself stupid. And Jesus took upon himself dumb. And Jesus took upon himself, you're not good enough, you're not fast enough, you're not smart enough, you're not welcome, you're not invited, you're not a part of this. Jesus took all of that upon himself and he became a curse so that we could be invited, so that we could be accepted, so that we could stand in front of a bunch of other adults with tons of stickers on ourselves and not care what anybody else thinks because it's our identity in Christ. It's what we've become. So he became cursed that we could become blessed. He became isolated that we could be included, that we could become children of God. He became rejected so that we could be invited into his kingdom. We could be healed. He wore our sicknesses so we could be healed. He wore our sorrows so that we could have joy. It's a beautiful exchange. He took all of this junk upon himself that we could be called the children of God. Man, this is our identity. This is what we have to overflow from our hearts so that out of that overflow, our mouth speaks. That the Holy Spirit would help us to not speak the words that we just placed up here to somebody else, but that we would take these labels that Christ has given us and we would share them with other people. So Heavenly Father, we come right now in Jesus' mighty name and we prophetically declare that this junk that is on this cross is no longer our identity. We thank you, Father, that you took these as your identity and it was the beautiful exchange. We receive it, we accept a beautiful exchange of all the junk for all of the promises that you've given us everything that you've given us, Heavenly Father. God, we pray for those who stopped eating last night at midnight and for anybody who's gonna commit themselves for these, for these next 21 days, that you will do something miraculous in our lives, that we will be transformed, that we will be speaking the most God-centered, life-giving words that we ever have before. Heavenly Father, we receive the privilege of being called a family of God here in Houston, PA. And I pray that you would send people who are discouraged, who are bound, and who are depressed. I pray that you would send them to faithful members and faithful attenders of Central. And that you would use us to speak life and hope and encouragement to these people, knowing that we're coming from the kingdom of God. 
to share the good news of Christ and to speak life and not death. We receive our identity. We receive what you have for us. And we want to go give it to people in need now. Bless us as we go from here. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you say amen? Amen, amen. Be blessed as you go. We'll see you throughout the week this week. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.